Welcome to Living Aligned with me. I'm Andromeda Stevens, your scoliosis coach. Today, we're going to be talking about some common questions that have been sent in by our audience. So thank you for sending those and keep them coming. You can check our uh, contact in the show notes. And today, interviewing me and passing these questions along to me is my producer, Will Armstrong. So thank you, Will. Let's get started. Hey, Andromeda. Great. Okay, so our first question is, how can I alleviate back pain associated with scoliosis without surgery? So back pain from scoliosis is a, is a strange thing. A lot of doctors will tell you, nope, your scoliosis is not the cause of your back pain. It's something else. And that might be the case. But I'm here to tell you that scoliosis absolutely can cause back pain. So don't let somebody tell you that it's all in your head. Um, you should always investigate what is causing your back pain and you know, rule out any issues that are going on with you. And you need to do that with your doctor. Um, but if your back pain is coming from your scoliosis, and trust me, I've been there, done that, I understand it. I was in pain every waking moment of my life until I was in my 40s. I thought that was just how it was going to be. And I've learned how to fix that for myself. Let me tell you that the easiest things to do are learning how to breathe. If you can learn how to breathe with your scoliosis, and you should do this with uh, a therapist, Typically in Schroth, we breathe away from the curvature, wherever your curvature may be. And that is designed to inflate and elongate and create space in the compressed areas of your scoli. So learning to breathe is very impactful on bringing your pain level down. For me, it's been amazing. And some simple things that can really help you if you don't have any contraindications, meaning you don't have any reasons why you shouldn't, I have found inversion therapy to be amazing. You know where you put your legs in the little boots and you the machine flips upside down? You can buy them on Amazon. Check the show notes for these links. But they're simple. You can buy them at Big Five. You can buy one on Amazon. They are a little bulky. They take up some room. I put mine in the backyard. But if you can simply hang upside down, if you don't have any health conditions that prevent that, of course, you have to check with your doctor, but has really helped my pain and elongates your spine stretches your muscles, stretches the ligaments, makes space in the discs. Hanging of any kind, traction in general, has been an amazing pain reliever. It can be done with um, a chiropractor on a flexion distraction table. That's, that's traction. Hanging from a Schroth or a Swedish ladder or even a pull-up bar is another way of creating traction. You can create traction in the Pilates studio. If you're doing Pilates, ask your instructor. So these are some great tips. Wow, that's great. Um, I, I have a question from Lori from New York City, and she says, what are the potential risks and benefits of scoliosis surgery, and how do I decide if it's necessary for me? Hi, Lori. Thank you for your question. So scoliosis surgery is a scary, is a scary concept, right? And a lot of um, people, when they first go to their orthopedic doctor, when they've like first been diagnosed and they're this is their first doctor maybe that they're meeting with, sometimes the issue of surgery will come up right out of the gate. And it's pretty terrifying, especially if, if we're talking about a child and the child is sitting right there in front of the doctor. So I always tell parents, um, you know, we go over this in, in my scoliosis coach handbook, pre-discuss pre pre these things with your doctor before going into a visit. Maybe tell the doctor, we're not gonna talk about surgery in front of my child. 
that's that's your choice to make between you and your doctor. But let's get back to the, the question. So uh, surgery for scoliosis definitely has a time and a place, and it definitely can be an amazing experience. I've had some patients who have done very well with their, with their scoliosis uh, fusion surgery, but it's not something that you need to be considering right out of the gate. If you have a very large curvature, usually about 40 degrees and up is when they start to consider it's a surgical case. If you're in terrible pain and the pain is just not being managed by anything else that you've already tried, um, or if it is a congenital case um, that you were born with and it's not going to necessarily be helped by any other outside non-surgical scenario, um, surgery can be, can be marvelous. They have new techniques all the time. Uh, Shriners Hospital is one of the best resources to, to look into when you're considering surgery, but there are, other, there are other options for you. The Schroth method has been around for many, many years and has helped thousands and thousands of people to prevent having to go down that road. So I would definitely look into your options. If you're looking for resources, if you just simply Google uh, Schroth therapy, you will find hopefully somebody local in your area um, but you may have to travel to find somebody that is Schroth certified, and that's okay. You're not going to be necessarily with that person every day, three times a week, infinity. You can certainly cer search out some, some therapy and at least get started, and maybe you can work with that practitioner virtually. That's great. Okay, so uh, Catherine from Burbank says, what lifestyle adjustments can I make to minimize the impact of scoliosis in my daily life? In your daily life is, is really a big deal. I'm really big on what your daily life has um, has impact on your scoliosis, um, how you sit, how you stand, how you sleep, how you work out. We talked about these things in one of our other podcasts, but things that you're doing that could be detrimental to your scoliosis would be sitting in a slouchy position, right? Leaning really hard to the improper side, aggravating your scoliosis, carrying heavy things, especially on the wrong side of your body. These are things you need to work on with your therapist to get a good understanding of what's best for you. High impact sports, unfortunately, aren't terrific for scoliosis. Things like running, basketball, um, volleyball, things that have a really high impact, which are loading your spine. Um, since we don't have a great shock absorber when we have scoli, uh, you can be loading the, the curve in a detrimental way. So be careful with high impact activities and sports. Um, I always advise to maybe mix that up and try, try a new sport, try something different. Some sports are very rotational. If you think about golf, for example, golf would have a really big twist and that could be twisting into your scoliosis and then you're also leaning over and then you're gonna hit something as hard as you can. So there are some sports that could be a little rough on your back that you'd wanna work on either modifying with your therapist or finding, alternative, finding alternatives. Barbara from Woodland Hills asks, what are the signs of scoliosis that parents should watch for in their children? Ah yes, early detection with your children is very important because the curvature in a child can get really out of hand very quickly. You wanna monitor this right away. If you notice anything with your child, like maybe their pants aren't quite level on their, on their hips, maybe the hip is shifted to the left or to the right a little dramatically, or the pants look like they're, the hem is off, like a short leg scenario, 
or if you see the shoulders are quite rotated or elevated on one side. The most common thing that you'll see is a shoulder blade that really pops out in the back. That's a, that's a really easy uh, telltale sign. Having your child dive over and do like a hamstring stretch with their hands together, you'll notice if there's an uneven side to the spine, that's a, another telltale sign that there's a scoliosis going on. That's called the Adams test. Um, I outline this all in my Scoliosis Coach Handbook. This is why I wrote the book, is to help you guys with these, with these common questions. So check how to do the Adams test. It's very simple, and you can use a simple device called a scoliometer, which you can buy on Amazon. We talked about that in one of the podcasts, too. Great. Um, Brittany from Orlando asks, is there a genetic component to scoliosis, and should I be concerned if it runs in the family? Well, they are finding that it does run in the family, that it can be uh, very common. If your grandmother or your mother or your sisters or brothers have scoliosis, that you should be very self-aware and get yourself analyzed and checked. Um, if you have scoliosis, that you want to screen your children. The, the exact genetic code has not been cracked. They have been working on this, and they thought they had it for a minute, and they thought they had a test, but then it didn't really pass muster so we're still working on that in the research but um, it does seem to run in the family yes absolutely wow um, Kay from Boston asks how can I support my child emotionally as they navigate scoliosis treatment and potential challenges at school such a great question and such a great um, thing to be a parent to have concern about it is an issue some kids are fabulous you know they're just self-confident and they have no issue and they're gonna rock their brace and they have a great set of friends but that doesn't ring true for every child some of them are introverted some of them are shy or the curve might be really obvious and these are these are issues that they have to deal with wearing a brace at school is is hard nobody wants to do that nobody's jumping up and down to to get a scoliosis brace and wear one I have found um, on social media just really recently that kids are really reaching out to each other and wearing their brace on TikTok and doing videos and doing podcasts of their own and um, opening Facebook groups and pages. The endless possibilities are just that. They're endless. One of the greatest resources I have bumped into is something called Higgy Bears. And this lovely woman named Lauren Higginson, she is out of um, Michigan. She runs an organization where she does nothing but support kids. She does Zoom, Zoom meetings with kids every day of the week for every age, every sort of different topic. She does conferences every year where all the kids can get together and support each other. It was an astonishing thing to watch that go down. She makes little braces that will match your child's brace to go on your dolls. So her resources are endless, but I also outline um, amazing resources in my book. It's a really big chapter in my book to help you find ways to support your child. So thank you for that question and thank you for helping your kiddo. Great. Um, Mark from Toluca Lake asks, what role does posture play in scoliosis development and how can we encourage good posture habits in our families? Well, posture itself hasn't really been shown to be a cause of scoliosis. Like some parents have asked me, is this because you know, they were slouching all during the pandemic, or is this because of a heavy book bag? No, idiopathic scoliosis is the, is the most common type of scoliosis, and that, that, that means literally we don't know what caused it. So posture didn't cause it, so don't beat yourself up. 
you're not the cause of uh, of the scoli. This this happens, and we don't know the cause yet. Someday we hope to understand that. But posture will be a great part of your recovery and management of your scoliosis so that you're not doing postures or habits that could be helping to urge it along and cause that curve to worsen over time. So you want to work with a therapist on finding the best program for you and your curves. Everybody is unique. Mrs. O'Brien is a teacher from Arizona and she has some students that have been diagnosed with scoliosis and she's asking if you can provide guidance on finding the right healthcare team and specialists for a child's scoliosis care. That's a great question. It's so fabulous when there are multiple kids in a group setting that are that are on the same journey and they can communicate and support each other. So hopefully you can get those kids connected and they can work this out together and be each other's support system. But um, in terms of finding your team, and I love the word team because it really does take a team and the team starts with the family getting your family on board with whatever treatment you're going to pursue. And that means aunt, uncles and aunts and cousins and brothers and sisters and grandma and gra like create a supportive team. Like we're going to do this as a group. Your team would also involve uh, your pediatrician. That's probably the first stop that a parent will make is with your pediatrician. And that pediatrician will typically refer you to an orthopedist or a spine specialist. Now you can choose this person and you should choose this person wisely because they're gonna be making the recommendations about what happens next. They're probably gonna recommend a type of a brace or they're gonna recommend you just don't bother with that, that it won't help anything. So you wanna sort of choose your orthopedist uh, carefully, come to uh, a recommendation situation when you choose your doctor. Next, you'd want to find a Schroth physical therapist or a scoliosis-specific physical therapist that can work with your kid on um, breathing exercises, hopefully some Schroth exercises. Uh, clue in your school nurse, your physical education teacher at the school too, so that they know what that kid is going through, what their exercises might be um, that they need to be you know, supporting maybe even during PE class. Wonderful, that's all the questions we have for today. Those were great questions, I loved that. I wanna do that again. So if you have any questions out there in audience land, would you please send them to our website? Will will tell you the details. Super, if you wanna to go to our website, scoliosiscoach.com, there's a contact section. In the subject line, just have it read question for living aligned and then just provide your question in the comments section. We'd be happy to answer your questions. Thanks for reaching out to us. So this is the part of our show where we talk about dispelling some myths or misconceptions about scoliosis. And our question today, or our myth today, would be scoliosis is caused by laziness. This came up a lot um, during the pandemic, like post-pandemic, that a lot of parents were like, oh my God, my kid was at home, homeschooling, sitting at the computer, just as a blob for what? however long they were sitting like that, two years. I'm not sure how long we were in lockdown. It's all a blur. But um, absolutely no. 
Um, it doesn't help that your posture is terrible and it doesn't help that you don't have muscle tone that you've, that you've turned into a couch potato. These things are easily fixed. But no, you did not cause your scoliosis by laziness or by having any bad postural habits. But you can fix them and you can clean it up to support your journey to overcoming scoliosis. Does that make sense? Thank you for joining us for this episode of Living Aligned. I'm your scoliosis coach, Dr. Andromeda Stevens. Join us for the next episode where we're going to be talking about holistic wellness and living beyond scoliosis.